Hey, Alex Simmons. Hey, Chris. It's Alex. Can you hear me? I can hear you beautifully, sir. Alex Simmons, yes. Chris Ryan here for Tell the Damn Story. Alex, I couldn't wait to talk to you. Um, I was uh, I have a weekend subscription of the New York Times, and I was flipping through the art section, and on tomorrow's, March 11th, edition. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You have a, you have a weekend subscription to what? The New York Times. Ah, the New York Times. Okay, go ahead. You, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm you... through the art section, Arts and Leisure, for tomorrow's edition, March 11th, and on page 12, the film section, there's a full-page story called Black Artist, Black Panther, <laughs> about the one and only Billy Graham. I was excited because right. you had sent me an, uh, like a preview copy. I was excited about that, that finally they were doing something on Billy Graham. But today I got to read it, and my excitement went through the roof. Not only is it a great <laughs> background on Billy Graham, but multiple quotes from the one and only creator of Black Jack, Alex Simmons. So I had to talk to you. I wanted to tell a damn story about how do you know Billy Graham? Well, first off, we're not talking about the evangelist Billy Graham. No, we're talking about the, the right. in the late 60s, early 70s, he was the one African-American artist or, or staffer on Marvel. He was the first artist at Luke Cage Hero for Hire. And he was a key artist on your friend, my a big fan. Of, uh, I'm a big fan of this guy, Don McGregor's uh, run on Jungle Action, especially Panther's Rage, and as yeah, uh, yeah. flash pages from the from that. But when I when I texted you and said I wanted to record about this, you said after everything Billy has done for me, it was the least I can do. I was glad I could say a few good things about him. What's your background? Tell the damn story about you and artist Billy Graham. Renaissance. Well, okay. Okay, so um, I'll try and condense this because I know we're both rushing. Like, that's what we do. Um, okay. So, believe it or not, I was a teenager once um, back <laughs> in the day. Yeah. And um, back, in the, back in the day. Back in the day. Back in the day, yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yes, the covered wagons and all. So Don McGregor and I, Don McGregor and I met at a Comic Con here in New York City in like 1969 or 6869, um, and and we became friends. He was living in Rhode Island with his family, and I was, you know, a teenager growing up here in New York. And we, over the year, over that year, we again became friends, and we started working on some stuff together. And eventually, I got to draw because I was into drawing at that point. I got to draw the very first issue of Detectives Incorporated. So I hold that distinction. So Don and I attended a Comic-Con in 1970, I believe it was 70, um, at the, um, I think it was the Statler Hilton Hotel, because that was the day when you could do Comic-Cons at a hotels as opposed to needing a whole big arena. It was, tiny, so, it was a tiny thing. It wasn't this yeah, big. Tiny thing, right. Uh, one floor, a few rooms, that was it. So we had just come out of a conference. Uh, Warren Publications was one of the independent publishers in those days. They did black and white horror, supernatural, I don't think any superheroes, but, you know, anthology type well, story. Vampirella, right? Well, she became a heroine, yes, in a way. Kinda. Right. But either way, so uh, Warren, James Warren, the, the publisher, was there, and somehow Don and I got to talking to him. Don had done some stuff, you know, uh, long distance from Marvel, but it looked like he was going to be moving to New York. But somehow we got to talking to Warren, 
And Warren, most of his artists were from Spain. And I don't know what we said, but somehow we must have said something about some artwork that Billy Graham had done. And neither one of us had met Billy, didn't know anything about him. So Warren had said something along the lines, oh, really? Well, let, let me introduce you to him, right? Boom. And boom. Comes over. This I, I was like 18 at that point. So this man must have been in his 30s. Uh, Billy comes walking over and, I mean, personality plus. Boom, hey, how you doing? Now, that was Billy. You always got full-on Billy Graham, right? Uh, just a jovial, really cool guy. Very, very just, just really inviting and, and uh -huh. easy to talk to. Does that sound, sound familiar? <laughs> Who have I seen do that in cons? Hey, you know, we're influenced by people that mean a lot to us. I understand. So, Billy Don and I, uh, we got to talking then, and then over the next year, we got to be friends on a lot of levels. Don eventually did move to New York. But what also happened during that year was, um, you know, I was raised by my mom. So it was a single parent situation, and my mom became very sick. And when she finally came out of the hospital, she went into a nursing home, just like that. Boom. Boom. And she had to go in. And so suddenly I'm, I'm 18, I'm on my own, my mom's in a nursing home, uh, you know, I'm still in our apartment, but I don't have a job, job, and, and I'm doing temp work, there's a lot of stuff coming at me, you know, the, 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 the loss, I mean, not that she passed, but just the, the whole change of the family dynamics, uh, and I felt in, in some ways like I was on my own. And I won't say that I was going to get into trouble, I mean, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't running with a bad crowd, I wasn't doing drugs, I, I didn't drink, you know, and, you know, excess and, and, and wind up in bar fights. I mean, none of that was in my life. But at the same time, the weight of everything that was happening and the fact that I didn't know how I was going to keep the apartment, where I was going to live, all this stuff began to sit on me and, and really weigh me down. And there were some hard days, some hard days and nights. Wasn't sure if I was going to have anything to eat and blah, blah, blah. And I don't know. Um, Billy would sometimes, you know, I, I, I don't, I would reach out to him or he'd call me and he said, you know, just get on the bus, get on the train, come on, come on up to Harlem, to my, my place, we'll hang, we'll talk. And that's what he became. He became like, became like a, a big brother or like, like, you know, that cool uncle that, that just jumps in there, grabs you and said, come on, let's, let's go face the world together. Let's, let's do something. Let's do this. Let's discover that. Let's talk. And he just made some crazy hard, bad times, easier to deal with. Um, like I said, I don't know that I would have gone into anything really bad or gone down the tubes. You never know. But I don't feel like I would have. But I'm not sure how I would have made it through that if Billy hadn't been there for those six to, to ten months when, like I said, things were just really hard. I eventually did get a solid job and started to sort of pick myself up and, and get a role going. And then over the years, you know, Don you know, went his way, Billy went his, I went mine. And we, you know, we were still friends. We still kept in touch, but not as much. We just didn't see each other as much. And so when Billy finally passed, you know, I always felt, I always felt like I hadn't really thanked him as much as I should have or wanted to. Um, I came close one time. I'll make this very quick. Um, Don filmed, eventually did an independent film version of Detectives Incorporated. A must-see for you Alex Simmons fans. Yeah, yeah oh, yeah, okay. So Crack I wasn't going to mention it. <laughs> okay. So I went from the distinction of having been the first person to draw Detectives Incorporated to being the first actor to play Ted Denning, one of the lead characters in Detectives Incorporated. 
So, you know, Don Don made full use of his resources, you know, in those days. Um, anyway, we were doing the film, and Billy got to play my father in the film. And we did a scene where we were at a hospital because, you know, in the story, my mom's, his wife, was in the hospital and not doing well. And so Billy and I got to do the scene together and got to hang out a bit together. And I think that was one of those moments where I had a chance within the scene and, and outside of it to give him some idea of how I felt about him and to thank him. But, you know, still, uh, he went on to do a bunch of other things. And, you know, we went our separate and I never really, didn't really get to hang with him before he passed. Hey, Alex. Yeah. As Chris, uh, we're in for part two of this um, kind of a promo piece of Tell the Damn Story to uh, celebrate the article in the Sunday New York Times, March 11th edition. It's in the Arts and Leisure section, page 12, on the film page called Black Artist, Black Panther. And it celebrates Billy Graham, the artist who was key to the original run of Luke Cage, and to Don McGregor's Panther's Rage. And you were talking about how you, you know, your background with him. Um, and that you didn't get a, a chance to, to kind of thank him before he passed. But I tell you what, you are featured in this article, and it's a great, great nod of thanks to, to the man. So let's talk about, um, let's talk about him as an artist. Um, this article has two great splash, splash pages that show his style. What do you want to say to people about the art of Billy Graham? Well, you know, again, uh, Billy, Billy's art was, I, you know, I, I never had a chance to talk to him to find out who influenced him, but his artwork was, and I hope I can find the right words, it was, it was bold and, and powerful and a little a little uh, unique in its styling. You know, his, his, uh, his lines were, were strong and bold and, and some of his characters were, were very, you know, um, uh, the men were muscular, the women were very curvaceous. Uh, but also when he inked, and the lines had a lot of fluidity to it. Uh, the, the action had a lot of fluidity to it. There was, there was depth, there was complexity at times, there was, a, but always a sense of motion, moving, flowing, you know. So, his style was really, really, um, it really stood out compared right. to, I'm not saying better or worse or anything like that. I'm saying it just stood out compared to some of the other artists at, at Marvel. Yeah. And, and I think that's part of what gave his run on Luke Cage a unique look, but also really fit with the Panther because, again, you've got the feline kind of action there, the cat-like action and, 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 and the sort of the brute force of some of the fights and things. But you've also got the lushness of the trees and the leaves and the grass and the robes and all. So Billy, Billy's style really, really worked. And, and, and I'll say one more thing. If I were going to try and help people get some sense of a comparison until they can get a chance to see his work. Um, back in the, the 70s, there's um, there a TV show called Good Times. There was an artist. Uh, I think his first name was Ernie something. I have to look it up. Uh, there was an artist who did painting that was used in the, the, the credits for that TV series as a backdrop. It was a, uh, a party, sort of a, a Saturday, sort of a Saturday, I think Saturday Shack or something Shack was the name of it. Uh, that artist who also did a cover art for Marvin Gaye's I Want You album. 
and the characters there, there's a lot of fluidity and, and there's a certain style to that art that reminds me of Billy's. He said Billy's characters were more broad and curvaceous, whereas this characters, this artist's characters were more lean and fluid. But that would, right. you know, if you get a chance to look for that gentleman's art, and like I said, I have to look up his name, um, but that's, that's, gives you an idea of what Billy's work was like. But well, I would his, give, I would give a, um, a, a comic book comparison. Actually, two comic book characters. Comparison. Okay. One of the things Pretty I always better. experience when I'm looking at Jack Kirby's work is, you know, the, the imagination leaps off the page, right? Mm. Mm. And when I look at Neil Adams' work, right, the photorealism, <laughs> the, you know, that, that sense of bringing a cinematic feel to the art, you know, yeah. that was a, a whole different kind of energy. And here, you can see that Billy had a lot of different other experiences, and he's bringing that with this crackling sense of energy. You know, uh, his punches pop, his swings, you can hear the whoosh, you know. <laughs> um, on this page in the Times, they have two splash pages. And I think what it shows is that there was some background with Billy. You know, he must have done some ad work or this or that because there's graphic design involved in this. And he incorporates, he had a freedom that he could incorporate anything onto the page and make it work. For example, the, the splash page to the left um, is kind of has a mountain scene and like carved out of that mountain are the words and all our past decades have seen revolutions. Right. But there's a sunset in the background and a distant mountain and the last line and a half of that uh, title is underwater. So you kind of, your eye follows down this mountain under the water, and then you see Monica and the Black Panther are riding giant tortoises. And, and you're in both, you know, an, almost an advertising type of graphic to the fantastic in one sweep of the eye. And, this, and a similar thing happens on the splash page to the right, where it's a jungle scene the words are written on one of the big vines, but the most um, uh, sinewy, um, uh, um, fluid uh, element of this is the Black Panther himself. You know, he's poised on a branch, his uniform is ripped to shreds, and he's following some guy that is mysterious and in the center of the page, deep into the background. So, Billy gets you to whip around these vines up. You see the Black <laughs> Panther, and then you watch what he's watching, and you dive deeper into the art. It's beautiful how he can get you to, you know, follow his his intent with his art lines, and each of them have a different energy. But that's one of the things that um, really, um, I think, uh, complemented what McGregor was doing, and saved a lot of what McGregor was doing because if you look on both of these splash pages, McGregor's got words. <laughs> you know, he would not hesitate to fill in paragraphs of stuff that he wanted to say. And his writing was, you know, pulping, pulpy with a smattering of literature in it. 
and it it was a whole different energy unto itself and the two of them combined make the panthers rage really a, a worthwhile read that still stands out today and that's equal parts don mcgregor's energy and billy graham's energy and by the way we should actually we should in trade paperback you can get it at <laughs> bookstores amazon.com hey you know, uh, comics. I also want to mention something quickly because I don't know that we did. Um, Billy's history in in art, in terms of working in an artistic industry, started back in the fifties. So when you mentioned his, the unique aspect of the fact that he was the first uh, staff artist, black staff artist at at Marvel, um, you know, we can go back further. He was the art director for a period of time at Warren Publications, but even before that, <clears throat> he was doing. Um, drawings and artwork in other capacities within the illustrative world right. in the 50s and 60s, which was unique unto itself. And again, he kept such a strong sense of where he came from and who he was, but he was so open and, and just, you know, uh, uh, inviting and, and so curious and hungry to not only experience the world, but to reflect it, that he just brought so many different types of peoples and people and influence into his life and reflected that in his work, both as an illustrator, but also as a playwright and as an actor. Um, I think I mentioned to you that Sean Howe, who's the freelance writer who did this article. And again, everybody, please read the article is really well done. Sean did his homework uh, in a short period of time. He, he tracked down people he wanted to talk to on the phone or in person. And then when he found out Billy was a playwright, he went to the Schomburg, where he, he found out that some of Billy's plays were, were, were there. And he, through, through whoever he worked with, dug up um, some of the plays and had a chance to get a, a quick look at, at Billy's work on that level before he went back to writing you know, this article. So Billy was very much a Renaissance man uh, yeah. in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. And you know, as I said, it was unfortunate Don and I couldn't keep in touch with him. Uh, as well and as, in, as, as intensely as we had in those early days uh, because neither one of us were there when he passed. Sure. And I'm sorry for that, but the article will tell you that he did not, he did not move on alone, right. that he was there and surrounded by family and some rather, um, uh, I want to say celebrity, but some well-known friends. Right. So he, he's got that quite... And, you know, no. the reason for the article existing, you know, the, his granddaughter really started this Shauna, uh, yes Shauna, right she tried started this effort because sadly with all of his groundbreaking work uh first on luke cage and then through panther's rage uh black panther he doesn't show up in the credits for the netflix luke cage series and maybe netflix marvel cinematic universe you know uh jeff Loeb. Maybe they can correct that for season two of Luke Cage, you know, and, um, you know, not too late because it didn't show up in the Black Panther, you know, nearly billion dollar box office movie that his art helped influence. Maybe they can add it to the credits of the Infinity War because that's not out yet. Or, you know, maybe they can remember this guy because he deserves remembering. Come on, Marvel Cinematic Universe, do the right thing. Uh, and everybody who gets to read this, whether in the paper copy or grab it online, 
Hey, it's an online at Tell the Damn Stories uh, Facebook page, right? That's right. You can. I right. I, I reshared it today. Uh, and I shared, shared it, it on earlier as well. So uh, here's you know it's our little moment of uh, uh, our old friend and my. Yeah, I'm thrilled with his art. It's you know our shout out to a guy who really did tell the damn story. He deserves the credit that he that he's due. Hopefully he'll get it. Because here's a guy, look at his work, you'll know how to tell the damn story. Well, I'll, I'll throw my 12 cents in there and then we'll say goodbye. Um, everything you just said is absolutely true. And because of Shauna, his granddaughter, uh, doing what she's doing, and she's only been doing this over the past few months, because of that, this article has now, you know, is, is debuting. And she's also managed to make contact with some other people in the industry and outside. So I now have inklings of some good things coming forth from this uh, on top of everything else. So I would say that if you haven't heard about them over time, you will be hearing about them, but most assuredly, please check out the article, keep an eye out. Oh, go on Comixology and download, you know, Panther's Rage, Rage, right? You can, you can see his work and Kirby's and others there on that storyline. Oh, uh, a lot of which, you know, led to the movie storyline. I mean, that's where they got their material from. Yeah. So, Either way, a shout out to everybody who's who's worked on that that series, and you know, from day one to to here, this thirty plus almost forty years later. Thank you for creating the character, but in particular, this shout out to Billy. May you not be forgotten for your work, your time, and your generosity. Certainly, I will never forget you. And Good that's man. well worth remembering. Damn story. That's right. Talk okay. To you soon, Alex. Okay. Take care, Chris. Bye bye. Bye bye, everybody. Oh, let us know what you think of this, by the way, folks. Please. You know, write in. Yeah, give us a shout out. Drop a line here. Drop a line on Facebook. Ask questions, whatever. But let us know what you think. Okay? Take care, everybody. Take care. Bye.